I see. So you know how to fight. Well, today you're up against the Ting Brothers. Let's get started into the content and then, um, you know, any any other behind the scenes random content we, we can just capture. Cool. Well, first, niggas, we got to talk, bro. We haven't potted in two fucking yeah. years. Like the last time. Has we, it been two years? It's been since, what, what, February of 2020 was the last time all of us was in my old apartment back in no Flatbush. But I was in yeah, person. Bro. We did we did one person. we did one not in person uh in 2021. Um, yeah we did a few after that. Yeah. And it was just thick of the pandemic and shit. And yeah here we are two years later season three of the pandemic and um yeah man a lot has changed a lot has a lot has changed. So you know what maybe we need to just make a commitment of doing at least one of these a month and um you know, if we can't get everybody, like maybe we uh, will make some space to get uh, like guest stars or whatever in too. Yeah. So like cat, cats like, you know, uh, like Zach or like, you know, Quentin, like there's a lot of folks that we know. And I think that the platform is interesting in a way that it just gives so many different brothers like who work in this industry a voice uh, that, you know, is often not heard because Lord knows it's only about, you know, probably 113 of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's 113 yeah. niggas across uh, the United States who work in this shit. So um, I'm sure we got enough space to, to make room for all 113 of us. And about 40 of y'all feuding. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love the pettiness of us. It works. It's so funny. I know it's only three of us on this call right now, but like, let's just do a quick kind of high level update uh, of like stuff that's been going on with all of us respectively since uh, since the pandemic, since the last uh, recording with the larger group and all that. You wanna start, AD? Yeah, I can. I mean, you know, I've basically switched jobs probably twice now, Weird, oddly enough, once within the same company and the other job is brand new company. I'm working on a, a lot of, you know, what we call in the web 3.0 world, right? Like, you know, NFTs, crypto, been doing a whole bunch of projects around that. And, you know, launched my own personal brand called Frank Brands. And um, yeah, man, you know, just watching my son grow up, like that's like an ongoing project. So he's like a new project literally every week. So yeah, bro. How old is your son um, now? He's, he's three, he'll be four later this year. Yeah, it's weird. Like, you know, um, two, what, two and a half years, a lot. A lot can happen and you just blink and next thing you know is retirement. So yeah, man, that's that's been me in a nutshell. Let's talk about a little bit um your brand that you you relaunched or that you launched. Uh I will But what y'all been up to first though, before I get no, to no, my well, let's stay on you. Let's stay on you. We still on you. We could we can come off you in a second, but I thought it'd be a good segue because you, you talked about your brand. I, I was a purchaser of one of your products recently. You know, I always love multiple products. Everything. Yeah, I love to support everything you do. But yeah. I'm, I'm, I really want to talk about uh, the the sunglasses. Can you just kind of give like quick backstory on the sunglasses, the reason why, and you know the future of it? Well, I mean, you know, just to give a story behind this story, the goal was to create a holding space for my ideas and my creative endeavors. But I needed a place where I can explore things uniquely um, that I can control, and I just needed uh, a better spot to hold like my ideas legally with 
my IP, right? So that's everything with the art and design. Coming out of that thinking, started Frank Brands LLC, which will more or less house a lot of my design projects. And when I say design projects, I'm talking about my personal design product, as well as my art, right? And this is something that I can obviously pass on down to family members, specifically Garvey, right? The first, I guess, tangible product that came out of that that wasn't art related was these frames that I've been sketching for like ever. Everybody know I've been sketching frames on IG for like a long time, because obviously I wear eyewear, right? And I'm big into it. I don't mind investing the money in it. But I decided to create um, a, a iframe or a product, um, you know, that I call a machinist. And the machinist basically is, is a homage to my dad, right? My dad was a master machinist. He was a journeyman, a journey master machinist. And basically, if you didn't know anything about a machinist, those guys basically were dudes who build machines that fix other machines kind of like iron man kind of shit so he was like my first interaction of a real iron man right so you know designing these frames um more or less i just had him in sketches this guy named tonka batch of uh son uh eyewear obviously saw what i was doing on instagram and we uh, went back and forth for like six months perfecting this the frames right because i had a, some cool designs but it wasn't necessarily functional yet. And he brought him into like a 3D program and cleared up a lot of the uh, functionality of it. And uh, we decided to just put them out and see where it goes. And then, you know, these things are designed with sustainability in mind, right? Like they have their plant-based and not fully plant-based, but they're plant-based and 3D printed and they're made here in America. And I often been saying that the future of American manufacturing is going to be seated in, um, you know, uh, 3D printing. So there it is, the, uh, the machinist. So that's dope. That's a great synopsis. I will say that, so I got my my glasses maybe, I don't know, three weeks ago, two weeks ago or something like that. And every time that I've worn them, I've worn them in Atlanta and here in Chicago. And uh, every time I kind of wear them out, like folks be like, yo, where you get those big man? And I'm like, yo, my man, he makes them. And, you know, I'll do the drop for like your IG or whatever. Right. So um I'll say just for my small sample size, uh, they've, they've been getting very good reviews. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. And, you know, I know I'm not going to make a ton of money now. It's just a great way to build the brand up, right? The brand need an origin story, you know, a beginning origin product. You want to you give a quick drop to uh, the website and to the, uh, to the IG where people can purchase these, these sunglasses? Um, man, just go to the site, man. IG can kiss my ass. Cause they be making motherfuckers re-engage people that they already built up. They ain't built none of my audience up. So just go to frankbrands.com. Like IG, you'll find my IG handle that, but go to my site, get that impression. Go to frankbrands.com. Yeah, we'll put it in the notes for sure. I love it. We'll put that on there. All right. So Tony, you wanna you wanna talk about what's been going on with you for the like the last uh what 24 months? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. I mean. Similar to AD, I mean, I moved um, this past fall for a new gig down in uh, Richmond, VA, which was a new, which is a new eye-opening moment. I think um, to anybody who's listening, who's born and raised it, where, and just continue to live and work where they are, it's always good to kind of leave and kind of get a new perspective, especially if you're from New York. I feel like a lot of people are kind of blinded by the lights uh, and the gold paved streets. But um, that and just just been um, making moves career-wise just to focus on trying to figure out how to get to the next level. I mean, I feel like I hit a ceiling in New York, the pandemic hit, and I was like, yo, this is the perfect opportunity, perfect time 
it's kind of like slow. So it's, e it was an easy transition. It wasn't like, you know, I had to move the next week after I took the job. Like it was, I was able to take a couple months because everybody was working from home. And yeah, I mean, other than that, it's been good. And then also just to address something you said earlier, although it's only three of us, it only takes three Wu members to make a great song. So uh, just going to put that out there since we the Wu Tang a podcast. I like I that. Like that. I like, I like that. that. I mean, shit, really, it only take two members. If you look at fucking uh, Outcast, that's true. Outcast brothers or Ray and Ghost. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you take them two members out of Wu Tang and it's like, eh. But anyway, uh, but yo, yeah. thanks for the update. And I'll give like just a quick update so on what you've been up to, bro. Yeah, I'll give a quick update before we get into the content. So, uh, I'm still at the same agency gig, you know, doing my account director thing. Um, which is cool, you know, it's great. Um, I, I work at a spot that, you know, definitely supports me and, um, you know, my clients are cool. It's not like, I, I definitely don't hate my job, anything like that, which is great, right? Working from home has also made everything for me personally a little bit better because, um, you know, I, I just realized now how much of, how much that commute took out of me, bro. Like being able to 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 go to a nine o'clock meeting, like I literally can get out my bed at eight forty, hop in the shower for four minutes, throw some shit on real quick, and then I'm I'm at the computer and I'm ready to go, and I'm doing this all from the comfort of my home, and and that that has changed so much, right? So I think that, you know, this future of work is definitely going to change, um, you know, especially like yeah. Being, about folks who are like when they're at a mid to senior level, uh, don't nobody want to go into the office, bro. Like it, 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 it's crazy to think that like people are happy going into the office. But anyway, with all that being said and done, also I've had the opportunity to work on a lot of side projects uh, for myself. Uh, so you all know that I'm like big into real estate, and um, I've been doing multiple renovations and and uh, buying and selling properties over the last couple of years. So uh, that is still going and uh, my portfolio is looking good and, and thank God for it, right? So ultimately that's gonna be part of my retirement plan. And then something too that I started, uh, this probably actually launched, the, the initial idea of it started like at the very beginning of the pandemic late 2019, early 2020, uh, this equity crowdfunding platform that I'm a part of. So uh, I'm not sure how familiar you all are with equity crowdfunding, but um, basically uh, President Obama, he signed this Jobs Act a couple years ago, right before he was out of office. Um, and in that Jobs Act, the, uh, the, the equity crowdfunding uh, way of investing was kind of born. So uh, me and about 25 of my friends, we created this platform called Seat at the Table. You can check it out, www.seatatthetable.com. And uh, essentially what it is, is it's a platform for uh, black and brown entrepreneurs to uh, to be able to, to host their businesses and companies on the site and to be able to uh, garner investment from uh, people who are their customers and people who are not. So that's been a project that we've been working on for the, like the last seven months or so. And uh, it's been good. It's been a lot of learning experiences from it. It's been a lot of hard work, but it's been dope. Oh, I like the fact that uh, you guys started, you know, this whole platform to uh, just help black brown entrepreneurs, you know, more or less find a seed money. Cause that's always been like the biggest pain point for most, 
you know, like businesses, you have the idea, but you just don't have the money, right? Like, you know, there's a reality. Yeah, because, you know, or you might start, even, you might, you might have the money to start, but you know, when you think about scaling a business up, like scaling, oh, yeah. and growing a business, like that takes money and you can't make money without money. And, you know, the real thing about starting a business, the idea is not always your own money to start right. a business, right? Because, you know, let's be real, you know, your own money is your money and it's cool to do that, but it's always great to do it with an investor and they can obviously reap their benefits in terms of like, you know, how to get the money back. But it's always good to have somebody who can just believe in you and just help you to start your business. Like, I don't even look at none of the people who buy things from me as a consumer. I see them as investors. Like if you buy anything from me, I look at you more as an investor as opposed to a consumer or a customer, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that's what's going on with me. Um, that's been taking up a lot of my free time and, um, you know, we'll just see where it goes, but let's get into, uh, let's get into the conversation, into the topics for the day. Um, we went through high level update from everybody. I sent this to you all in our group chat. I thought it was pretty funny and interesting, but there's a brother who is down in uh, Louisiana, uh, this brother by the name of Gary Chambers Jr. And he has the Senate uh, campaign that's going on. And uh, I, you know, I sent this to you all, I think maybe last week or so. Uh, I thought it'd be like good to kind of talk about this brother because his, his approach to winning this race is very different uh, and uh, very unconventional and the way he's using social social media is interesting. So just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that. Um, my favorite clip that he's, or not clip, but post that he's done, and it's gotten a lot of- um, They got smoking a weed? Smoking yeah, it, uh, this, this is the brother who's on the lawn chair and, yeah. and he's smoking a blunt and he's talking a little bit of shit and, and and I loved it because one, I thought that, you know, it was so authentically black. And you know, you know how I am, AD. I love anything oh. that is a hundred percent black. And, oh, yeah. he, and he leaned into it. Like he was like, yo, I like to get high. Like it ain't that big of a deal. I ain't hurt nobody. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to be the motherfucking senator. Hey, look, I'm going to be just keeping a buck with you, right? And, you know, I, I don't take sides with any political party for the most. I just look at things purely from impact and, like, the overall idea, right? He is basically able to do that type of campaigning because we're in a post-Trump campaign world, right? The one thing you can hate, love or hate Trump, whatever, that's that's all perspective and relative. But if you just take your analytical mind, and you look at what Trump has done with politics, he's flipped the shit on his head. He's one of the few politicians or people who was not a politician, became a politician using his voice, his platform, and just didn't give a fuck. So post-Trump, you literally got everybody approaching politics as yourself, almost like bringing your social media self to politics. And yeah, you look I at see a guy like that. Sorry, my so what? No, I was just saying, he no, opened the troll door. He opened the troll door. I feel well, like even, even beyond the troll door, man, it's like politicians have always been very PC, regardless of their party, right? Whether That's true. Republican, yeah. independent or Democrat, it doesn't even matter. Third party, or Green Party in New York, whatever. Most politicians, for the most, follow a formula. You have to be able to speak a certain way, have a certain kind of pedigree or track to be whatever. Right. I mean, you know, shit, if you had like a college degree from like a community college, no way you can be a politician. Right. This yeah. motherfucker was a casino owner 
yeah, he went to college, but he was a he was he was a, a you know a, a jive ass salesman, right? He was just a bullshitter. And he became the highest office in America, which is president, right? And he kind of tarnished so, it a little bit. So, so you what take you're that saying now is you think now because of that and post Trump, now you think yeah. that you think that anybody who's running for office can be more authentically themselves? Is that what you're 100%, saying? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Especially because you can talk directly to your audience. You don't have to speak to large group of people. You can speak directly to your audience. You can be authentic self. And I think more people are gonna that resonate more with people. Trump don't you need nobody funny? on this call to actually vote for him, right? He right. can just talk directly to a large group of people, a smaller group of people, and get the same results. You know what's funny? Um, so I think I told you all this. Like, like I saw that brother smoking that blunt, sitting on that lawn chair. And <laughs> I don't even live in Louisiana. I have nothing to do with that state whatsoever, right? But I right. sent that brother $100. See? He spoke directly to you. He did. Right? He spoke right. to something, in, in a, and also, too, I don't get high. But I but, think, but you what you said, he was so authentically himself that it did something to me, and it resonated to me, where I was like, I'm going to help this brother out. Right. And, and that's the funny, thing, the funny thing about it, he could have been smoking just a regular ass tobacco, but the perception that he was smoking a blind, and he told you that he liked smoking weed, it resonates, man. You know, it just gets straight to the point. What do you think, Tony? At first, when I first saw it, I thought he was just trying to be like out there, outlandish, just to be outlandish. But then, like honestly, I watched it, looked at a couple articles, and like I, I do um, agree with what AD said. I, I think that I do appreciate you know his authenticity and saying like, hey, like let's decriminalize this. Everybody does this. Let's remove you know the veil of taboo that people pretend to have, even though like, you know, a lot of white people smoke and nothing happens to them, black person smoke, and a lot of them are still in jail. But like, I think I, I like his approach. I do wonder, um, I guess my only worry would be like, because his first um, approach to like running for Senate was so like a little bit, a little bit like out there in terms of like smoking a blunt is like- Well, no, that wasn't his first approach though. Oh, that like, wasn't? Well, that was the first time I heard of him. He's got content before that. Like, yeah, ah, so okay. that, that may have been your first introduction to him, which I think is okay. Because like, you know, again, it's it's about awareness, right? And I just yeah. think about like an advertising perspective, like awareness is key with anything. Like, like you know, what's that old saying? Yeah. Like, like there's no, no, no such thing as bad PR. Yeah, so it's like the fact that we're even talking about this and you a brother who's there in Virginia, you got another brother who's in Atlanta, or I'm sorry, in Georgia, and then I'm in Chicago, and I put some money on this brother, and I'm following him. And, and I might do it tomorrow. Just and you might you put did money it. on his books tomorrow. That's it, bro. That's it. So, and so that's I, where we I live think in. There's an interesting power that's in that, and um, you know, I hope the brother wins because you know, like I'm, I'm just like Issa. I, I'm rooting for all the black folks. Yeah. Well, oh, if you take I'm, that right. 10 years ago, he wouldn't be able to do this without social media, right? Five and years ago. True. Even with social media, he wouldn't be able to do this. The, the, our whole take on cannabis, marijuana, weed, what do you want to call it, is we're more relaxed with the shit. And, and it's just the it's just the era we live in. So I guess they locked that motherfucker up back in I the guess, day. I guess right? my question is like, I, 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 
is, I again, it wasn't his his first video. It was, I guess, it was his first video that went viral. But do you think, or do you either you think because of the shock? Well, to me, I call it shock value because of the shock value and the viralness of the first video. Do you think he needs to keep up with that in order to kind of continue to garner support? Because, like you said, he had stuff before, and maybe he wasn't on your radar. Maybe you never heard of him. Um, but it was the video of him smoking that made you say like, Hey, like may, I mean, maybe it wasn't smoking. Maybe so, you just felt like he was real so, about what he was saying. So, so let me answer that. So I will say, at least for me, in my perspective, I don't know how I found that video, but I found it right. I found it. I saw it. I liked it. I followed him after that. And like I said, I gave the brother some money. So, so multiple things happened in my engagement and experience with him. Right. Does he need to keep that up? I don't know if he needs to, I don't think he should. And I also think that, you know, oftentimes like black folks, we're not allowed to really be full human beings, right? Especially black men. And I think that it's like, okay, you can like smoking weed, that's okay. You can like, you know, uh, planting tulips in your motherfucking garden. You can like going shooting. You can like, like, I feel like, 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 we shouldn't try to box people into a certain lane. And I think oftentimes we do that, especially with like black people and more often than with black men, right? You all know me, I'm into a bunch of shit. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I hate being boxed into anything, right? Damn. And I don't think, uh, and I never want to box another brother into anything either. So I think it's unfair uh, for us or anybody to try to put somebody into like this, uh, the, the, this construct, or like I, I remember Kanye used to say, and I think he probably used the word wrong, but maybe not. But he used to be like, "Yo, you know, this person needs to wear this certain patina, and that makes them okay or acceptable." Right. He, that was the word um, he used. Yeah, he used patina. I don't know if that if that means what that means, but whatever, whatever he was saying, I get the general idea, right? Um. So yeah, so like I said. Again, I'm following this motherfucker. I sent the nigga some money. I hope he win. Um, you know, the little bit of extra shit that I've seen with him on social and on YouTube too, because I did a little bit more research around him. Uh, I like it. Is he good? I don't know. Is he better than the, the Kennedy cat that's running or whatever? Yeah, it's a Republican know? cat, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure, but you know. I mean, I, I think thought, I thought it was a good conversation, yeah. uh, a topic for conversation. Oh, no, I agree. I think if you look at AOC and how she won, I mean, I think he he has a good chance because I think the person who currently just owns the seat is some like, no disrespect, just some white male Republican who everyone has kind of dealt with. And I think the one good thing to to just jump on what AD was saying is like the one thing Trump opened up is like, I think people want change. I think people want something different. And just wrap it up i agree i think authenticity stands out and i think he has a shot trump said grab him by the pu and he Yo, became president when he said grab him How, by the pussy, when he said grab him by the pussy i was like oh he's gonna lose but then i thought he was done won, i was like oh we can say grab by the pussy now i was like wow <laughs> that's deep wow right right you know, so I would so, never yeah, even imagine think, George Bush saying that shit. No, that would have never happened. I think to your point, AD, I think that we are definitely in the midst of a paradigm shift. Um, 
so yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. So thinking about paradigm shifts and all of that, as we all know, it's, it's February, it's Black History Month, you know, Black History Month, it is what it is. In the last two years since our last podcast during Black History Month, a lot of stuff has changed, right? Um, right. You know, we've had the whole George Floyd thing along with COVID. Um, just a lot of shit has happened as it pertains to race, Black folks, all that. I mean, shit, you even look at what happened this past week with the brother from Miami who got fired from the NFL Miami Dolphins. Now he's suing the league saying that they asked him to tank games. So I say all that to say is like, what do you all think now? We in Black History Month now. There's some Black History Month stuff going on. Do you think it's still relevant? Uh, How do you think brands should engage with it or should they not engage with it? Uh, do people even care? Give me your high-level thoughts. I mean, to quote the late, great Whitney Houston, we need a longer month. Why do we need a longer month? Nah, it's just, it's just a joke from the video. But, um... <laughs> okay, I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck? What, what the fuck? <laughs> nah, I'll send you the video later. It's just funny when she said it. Um, but not, I mean, he was smoking crack, bro. I mean, I think it was everything that that, everything a crackhead does 90% of it, the shit is funny. We all know that that is true, and it kind of sounds prolific at the time. But you think of it, you're like, it sounds very prolific. Um, you know, crackheads, man, this is kind of off subject, but I miss remember back in the day when you could get a crackhead or a clucker that'll do anything. Oh, yeah, they bring a TV. It, it'll be motherfucking 10 degrees below in a snowstorm. And you'll be like, yo, I need my car washed. That motherfucker <laughs> will go out there with a bucket oh, wash, and, oh. and wash the whole car in a snowstorm. And you'll be like, nigga, it ain't going to never get clean. <laughs> oh, watch your car in a parking spot. Atlanta. Shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, since I jumped in, I, I'll just say, I think, I think I, not to jump on the Kanye wave because you mentioned him before, but I do like some a stand he mentioned and something he posted recently about Black Futurist Month. I think I think it's important to focus on our history and and to and to do our due diligence to teach our kids what happened. But I think it's also a good way to look into the future and look at what we're trying to do um, and how we're trying to move forward. Um, and I'll leave it at that. I'm not going to quote anything else from Kanye. And it, I, I think when it comes to brands, I think. They need to do a better job of collaborating with uh, black people, not even just people of color, just black people. Cause um, I forgot to send it, but there was this uh, like Bed Bath and Beyond did a in in um, store setup, that. and all they had was dashiki shit with black brands, and it's like, fam, like what the who the fuck Nobody did you consult? Things. Ain't no, ain't no, I swear, ain't no black person sign off on that. So, I mean, if you like 65 and above, you may get a dashiki, but I don't know no black people out here buying goddamn dashikis. Nah, not at Bed Bath. Come on, son. So, okay, let's tell you about dashiki. They had their candles were, were uh, imprinted with the, the dashiki print. That's what it was, right? Uh, the Kente well, that, but they also had a um, like a whole like setup of like, I think it was black brands and like the whole like in-store setup had like the dashiki print on it and all that stuff. I got to find, I saw it somewhere. I gotta find it, but well, so I don't, I don't know the the full backstory with that. But my question yeah. is, like, did those black brands that they partnered with, did they get a check? Because that's paramount to me. Like, if 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 they collaborated with black brands or candle makers or whatever, 
if if brothers and sisters got a check, I'm a little bit more comfortable with them and their participation because I look at a lot of brands, you know, you look at a lot of big brands, they'll be like, oh, celebrate Black History Month, blah, blah, blah. They'll do an IG post. They might do like even a bullshit campaign or whatever, right? But are they giving brothers a check? And that's what we need. We need a check. I've seen people who participate with like brands and especially in retail that all black makers do get a check. Sometimes the check is not enough. And I just think a lot of times it has to be something that goes beyond just black history month. Like the idea that you as a black maker, whatever you're making, you know, you should be on some type of procurement list of any such as brand that was going to use your services throughout the year. Right. So I think for me, I would like to see more and more black people get on, like, get through procurement of any brand, more so than just being highlighted in an end cap, right? Because at the end of the day, that's marketing, right? But if you're a person who has a box company, a counter company, hell, if you sell tissue, I know it's a brother who sells straight up and down, like, natural tissue. It would be great to see his stuff on an end cap throughout the year, right? And I highlight it on Black History, but support this brother as many stores he, he can get in throughout the year, right? That's number one. But I think the other aspect of brands and black history, uh, a lot of times, and I can say this because I'm working on some stuff for black history now, and I feel like they are waiting too late to actually do anything for black history. Like when you start hitting up talent to do any kind of black history marketing two weeks before black history, you're kind of behind the gun, right? And they're rushing. It's an afterthought. It is an afterthought. So I just think, you know, brands, if they want to be authentic, they need to start thinking about Black history uh, kind of a year, if not six months ahead of Black history. That's what I noticed. I'll agree with that. I mean, I think from my perspective, um, you know, working on agency side for shit, almost, what, 17 years now? God damn. Um, I think that to your point, Black History Month is kind of like, a, oh, let's do something. And at the at the the biggest lead time I think I've ever seen is like last week of, of December. Mm-hmm. And that's like the biggest, but generally to your point, it's usually like something like, oh, let's get some influencers to do A, B, and C. And like, we started talking about that January 15th. Or we'll right. be like, oh, let's do an IG post saying blah, blah, blah. Let's do one on King's birthday and then let's do two during Black History Month and we out. But it's so, they, love, they love King, don't they? They love doing shit. They love birthday, King. Don't. But King has actually transcended into like this, this mythical figure that nobody really, really thinks about like the shit he was really saying, right? Yeah, yeah he was highly unpopular when he died, right? Right, just like Muhammad Ali. Like Muhammad Ali, they, they ran him through the coals and treated him like shit. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, oh, Ali, like, yeah, eh, yeah blah, 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 right? Um, yeah, because you, like, you could talk about this guy and this reverence now because he has no voice. He doesn't exist anymore. And he's basically almost like not a fabrication, but like a, a shell of, of what he was when he was, right? Right, right. Just like the same thing is going to happen with Kaepernick, right? 25 oh, years from now. 30 years from now, Kaepernick is going to be like, oh, he he was so revolutionary. He was this, that, and the third, right? But right now, they like, fuck that nigga. Yeah. And and, and King going to be white. <laughs> I mean, he's going to be a white guy, right? Or light, or light skin, at least. Or at least like Kaepernick light skin. That's right. That's right. Let's not Got do that. 
Let's not do that. And we, hey, we having fun. We having fun. We having fun. Let's not we, do that. We, we can talk shit like that. We in the culture. <laughs> I do this the cake that. house in Atlanta. I see. Let's have a little fun.